Mm. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Unabandoned Podcast. So, and if you are, once again, this is a rarity, you can say, because our moderator is unavoidably absent. Something we have never said before. It's unavoidably absent. So, I, I won't be flying solo tonight anyway. I have Bright with me. So Bright, look like it's only, it's just for us this night. What you are you? Good evening, guys. Uh, that's, it's, it's a very weird thing to say. Imagine, imagine a two-man podcast with Bright. <laughs> you know that's really early. Well, I think we have to carry on. So, hopefully, Bollis might arrive and join us. So, they, uh, there's no Europa League of this podcast. So, I don't know where it's going to all this while. But hopefully, one day might join us. So, I think we have to start. The, the fear of Napoli is the beginning of wisdom. So, Abi. Abi. <laughs> I think there's no other place for us to start because what happened in Abu Dhabi on Sunday was bright, it was incredible. It was just, it was mad. I think, I, 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 I think incredible is even an understatement for what happened in Abu Dhabi because I was for, for close to 30 minutes, like. I, I like I totally lost it and I was like, what exactly just happened? Like what did I just experience? And <laughs> you know, it it it, it 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 wouldn't have been weird if we didn't know that okay, the FIA was has always been shady. So but it, it's something that we've always talked about, something that we've always murmured about, but it all came to limelight, like in broad daylight in, in an era where the F1 suddenly has more viewership. Where more people are tweeting about the, the the Grand Prix and the old championship. It was just weird that something could happen in live TV. It was just weird. Yeah, and it was so bizarre. Like the FIA came out and was like, eh, it was fine. The, the, the person in charge had the flexibility to do whatever I want with the rules. And when went to Tuhuf and spoke to Michael, Michael Massey, and he was, I am at the busy shaded him. This is. This is not Paris. This is motorsport, and he left. Like <laughs> as if he had, he had planned. Oh, he planned as he as he already tell it. Like we are anything you want to see. Must any contact for you? It was yeah, so it incredible. Was because, it was weird because a lot of things transpired and made it so obvious. I think nine laps or ten, ten or eleven laps to the end of the race, uh, Christian Honor was on the line and he was saying things like only a miracle would that they only expect a miracle to happen. Like and in in the last lap, <laughs> like a miracle actually happened. Like more than ten seconds lead just went <laughs> into thin air, and like it was it was shocking to say the least because I was like, this is not happening. This is definitely not happening. This uh, is just weird. It's just weird. And the very next day, another should I say, quote-unquote, governing body corruption upon the game. And yeah, like, just... and like it, it, it felt like it was a week for this thing to just happen because FI did one, okay, yes. And then UEFA came around because, like, we've said this, what, UEFA are messing up with football. But this is the simplest thing now. Champions League, just bring out the balls and draw them. That's Eli, my play, Eli. How did they mess up it? How did they mess up the Champions League draw? I see, I, I, I just feel, I just feel um, it goes to show how deprotected Corruption is in all of these organizing bodies because for everybody that plays FIFA or PES, we know how easy these draws are. Like it is very easy. There's there there's only maybe I think there's only three laws to the draws. One that teams coming from the same teams cannot be cannot be um, drawn against each other. Two, 
first would be drawn against second place team, and the third one is that uh, teams from the same country cannot be drawn. And that was that's yeah, basically teams from the same country cannot be drawn against each other. It's so simple. And I think the new new one they just added is the fact that a country from Ukraine and a country from Russia yes cannot draw yeah. each other because of yeah, territory yeah. reasons. Political territory, and, and it's so simple. Like it's so simple that even a baby knows that okay. Chelsea cannot play Man U, Man City. Like it's so simple. So, so and it wasn't just that they just made messed up. I mean, like they forgot to put Man United's ball inside. Like they did like, not remember to bring it out. Like it, it, the funny part was the funny part was, I, I, it wasn't like I was expecting anything to go wrong. But it's just like a normal culture for me to watch these things live. So when I was watching it live, it was weird and it was it was just very funny, and I was like. Are you kidding me right now? And the, the whole issue was after the whole thing happened, the I've forgotten the guy's name, the technical director of UEFA was now trying to pin the blame on Achavin. Where whereas yes, yes. the whole thing happened on live TV, you instructed him to do this and do this. And so it's it's just funny, it's just funny, it's just like I I don't even know I don't know how to. Yes, yeah, I think I, the, I think I think this is actually the right time to announce that Bolish has joined us. So Bolish, welcome and. I feel like this is the first Champions League last season draw without Barcelona in, in forever, and suddenly, who much more? <laughs> uh, well, good day, everyone. Uh, well, I think it's just it's just a case of um, incompetence uh, at every level because I I I don't I don't know I don't I don't think there's any way there's anything there's any special way to explain it. Just case of competence yeah it has to be incompetent because we've said it over the years that you have a corrupt and fix it for pop now we have now i think we now we've seen that they're never smart enough to fix matches they cannot do joro because oh, they are not that smart it's basically i think that's basically what it is at this point so hopefully well, they'll be fine because they got this right eventually and the draws have been made some some somewhere some were done, some were redone. Chelsea still got Lille as the first time. And, Bright, which, which tie are you especially looking for? Because last week I said that the last thing I wanted was Atletico Man United because that was going to be a ramble for 180 minutes. And we got <laughs> Atletico Man United. I, I, I was listening to the podcast because I was, I was not around last week. And when I was listening to the podcast and when it got to that point of the podcast, I just giggled and I was like, Mm, definitely, this was going to happen. So when the draw was made and uh, Atletico Madrid was pitted against United, I was like, "You guys got what you wanted." <laughs> so <laughs> I think the time, I think the game of the time for me is going to be Real Madrid against Paris Saint Germain because um, Real Madrid has been weirdly on a very very superb form within the last couple of months and. And there's there's almost like this resurgence that is going on under the stewardship of Azeloti. The, the 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 team seem to be in synergy. They seem to understand themselves. And on the on the other side in Paris, there seem to be like there's no there's no cohesion. There's no cohesion between the defense, the supreme attack, and the defense at uh, PSG. So, it's going to be a very, very intriguing encounter. I'm predicting a lot of goals and a lot of dramas. 
Yeah, Bollish. Bryce also about um, PSG's attack. No, there's no connection between the attack and the defense. And do you think that between now and February, Pochettino will have found a solution for that? Especially a solution for how to get the best out of Messi and players around him, or are PSG in serious trouble? So the thing there is, if you if someone is going to get the best out of a particular team, you would have started seeing the traces like you like. Okay, if someone is going to set up the team in a particular way, you will have seen the traces and what you'll be having is that you'll probably be seeing different mistakes because they are learning the new method or the new way. But there's no indication that Project Tetino is trying to change anything or change their style or change any way they are playing now. The the the, the, the funny edge that uh, PSG probably have over market is actually comes maybe in the defense aspect because by that time you have a situation where you have Sergio Ramos is going to be fit ready to go you know and then you probably have some games under your belt that's uh, Marquinhos and Ramos you know those are top top quality center backs I think having those two guys can you know just change the way or just change how your midfielders are playing so that's 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 the well about Pochettino you know, getting it right or you know, making any tweak that will not eventually happen. I don't think I don't I don't think for PSG, for the way they are supposed to be, I don't think it can be good. Yeah, that's interesting. And definitely we have to keep an eye on that between now and February. We'll definitely come back to the football aspect and there are other definitely other to talk about. But I I think I'll stick with you here, Bullish. I would, I, would just, I would just say two words now. Let's carry carry the rest out. Steph Curry, <laughs> go. <laughs> so it's just I think he, he has yeah there, there are some things. It is not it is now like an insult to just say the greatest shooter of all time because it, it is almost a given. We all know that it's, it's just like saying uh, that's the moon. We know it is the moon. Everybody can see the moon. So it is now. When people I've noticed that some people, when they don't want to give him his full due, they will bring up that greatest shooter of all time so that they don't give him the full due. Now, what that means is that it's now he has entered the realm of someone that you know to be considered for you know top fifteen, top ten all time, considered best pound for pound. Meaning, you know, when when you look at players and uh, what's it called their size, basketball is a tall man's game. You know, you see all the Michael Jordan six six, LeBron six nine, uh, Kevin Durant six ten, six eleven. They are all tall guys, but the short guys hardly achieve as much as what Seth Curry is doing. And the people that have achieved as close to what Seth Curry has done at you know this height, Isaiah Thomas and Lena Iverson, and you know those are the, like the two guys that even come close. And Steph has actually way more than just two. So he is putting himself in that line for pound for pound. Like you still kill. Let's say there's the way you have cruiser weight, heavyweight, middleweight, and others in boxing. That you know, okay, fine. This guy is not heavyweight, but pound for pound, I think this guy is one of the greatest boxer. Or the way you know, for me, whether cannot fight with say, an heavyweight boxer, but we say pound for pound, this guy is like one of the greatest boxer. It's the same thing, Steph Curry. Yeah, it's very interesting because Bright, some people are saying um Corey is like I think it's like an equivalent of Messi to an extent, like in basketball. Do you do you agree with that sentiment? Like the I, way I, Corey has become now. 
I, I, with no, with no intent of this or whatever, whatsoever. I think it's an insult to compare Messi with Steph Curry because, in my view, Steph Curry revolutionized the way we play or the way we see basketball. Do you get like basketball? Basketball has 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 evolved towards some particular era in which there were eras of there were the eras of Shaq where the big men were the one dominating the game, like uh, the same way that Giannis plays now. Very, very dominant in the paint and all of that. But if you look at if you look at the game of basketball from two thousand and like two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, it's it's kind of it's kind of changed a bit, such that even even little men like just just the same way Bolish um, described it, they could singularly win you the game. They could direct the game. They could read the game in a different ways. Like in like if you look at if if you really watch the way Steph plays, Steph understands the game of basketball. He he can he can dictate the tempo. He can he can he can drift the game away from his opposition. So that is the kind of player he is. He's a special player. And with with over two thousand and um, two thousand and two thousand nine hundred three points, with I think he still has like two three more years to play. <laughs> you can. You can just imagine how much more it would draw that record, and maybe the only person that can even come close to that record is Clay Thompson, if he stays fit. So he has changed the game. He brought he brought a different vibe to the game. Look at look at the game now. Everybody wants to be a three point shooter. Everybody, to the extent that the, I think was it against Clippers or so, when Yanis was making like four five three pointers. The whole arena was it was like a festival like. Wow, Yanis is shooting threes. So you get like he has changed the way he has changed the way the game is played. He has brought a different vibe to the game. You know, there are sometimes that a particular sport will need something new, as the old way of playing that sport is getting boring. But this is what Steph has singularly done. So I, I feel I feel for whoever does not uh, give him his accolade is probably stupid and does not understand the game of basketball. But, <laughs> But just to add, you know, well, I think the, the, the way you can, because the way you can maybe compare them is that in terms of entertainment value. So what I mean by that is that there's no one that can deny that. Even though maybe you might have your best player in NBA for the last 10 years, but you cannot deny that the most entertaining player in the NBA for the last 10 years or the last 15 years is kept for it. Like, he puts on a show. Anytime, anytime he start eating those threes, you know, the andus, drive to the basket, it's one of the most entertaining things you can see. Even from the pre-game, you know, he shoots the shots from the tunnel, he comes, he throws the ball up in the air, he bounces off people, you know, nods the ball into the net, half-cut shots, stuff like that. Like, those are, like, things that are not, that are not, like, uh, automatic or that are not um, re- um, just um, routine. He does just flare stuff that are very entertaining. Like, he's, he, watching Steph Curry can be really, really entertaining. He's actually the best show in sports, actually. He, uh, maybe in American sports, maybe the person that comes close to him is maybe Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers really sling the ball. But Steph is the best show. So I think in terms of entertainment value also, I think, you know, maybe not this season because obviously Messi has not been up like up to gear, but you know Messi has that vibe also that okay, even though they might be flogging Barcelona, watching the game you always see something beautiful. Messi 
we know one or two cuttings, some crazy goals sometimes, score some free kicks. Like that kind of a case of ah, if I go to the stadium and this guy is, you know, is um performing, yeah, I will see something spectacular today. It might it might not even be the best game he's going to have, but he's going to give me something spectacular. I think that's I, so I'm just trying to have that's the angle from which I think maybe one or two people would have looked at. Okay, let me compare these two guys in terms of how they um, what's called what they bring to the sport, and then they are not the very the most conventional type of players. The two of them, like the the normal for basketball as tall, you know, drive to the basket, dunk stuff like that. They have this guy that can barely dunk. That maybe once in a while he dunk or but his style is slingshot and the way he does he shoots it's so easy. He doesn't shoot like the normal the way everybody used to shoot that ah set your feet that, no. Just slingshot compared to and the same thing in football. You have normally that you have yeah you have a couple of people that are very like dwarf like <laughs> Messi, but mostly Argentines anyways. But you have this guy that is not conventionally normal, but the way you know came in, you know dribbling, fast, center of gravity, all those stuff. So I just think that just maybe where the comparison might come, come come from. Yeah, that's so actually. Just my last. Um, I was I was having an argument. I think what was like five or four years ago, or five or four years ago. I was having an argument with a friend that was not that was not a fan of the NBA. So he was he was insisting that football is other than basketball. And I was like, dude, forget the fact that they are using hand. Do you see how small the net um, the basket is and all of that? And the next day, he saw clips of Steph Curry and he came back to me and he was like, he's sorry about everything he said. And <laughs> so that like. <laughs> That is how that is how special Steph is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, speaking of drama and spectacle, I think drama is not far away from us now. So I think Aki is, Aki is not here for here to deliberate this. So I think we have to deliberate it because <laughs> but it's, two weeks ago, it's like Arsenal have recovered, Arsenal are back, um, longest of beating run in the Premier League. So it, 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 one week later, Arsenal in crisis. They've lost to Everton, they've lost to Liverpool. <laughs> Uh, Abomang is no longer captain. So he went somewhere. He went. He came back. You know, he missed training. He went to Kinikokinko. Now Arsenal in the top four, and yet Ateta has been at Arsenal for two years now, and we still don't know what kind of Arsenal we have. We just they're just going here, there, anywhere. Yeah, you are in denial then. What do you mean by <laughs> we don't know what kind of Arsenal? You are just in denial. This is very simple. See, see, I'm a Barcelona fan. Yet at the beginning of season, before the season started, we thought we were going to have Messi, Griezmann, Dembele, Bates. You know, we had the lineup of guys. I was looking at all the people that we thought were going to be in our squad. Out of about eight of those guys that we thought we were going to have, only two are actually available right now: Dupe and Dembele. And Dembele just came back from a four-month injury, so he's just still picking for him. All the other guys: Messi left, Griezmann left, Aguero has retired. Uh, what's it called? Braithwaite injured, Fatty injured. That's six guys already. It, the truth is, we don't just have it at the moment. Maybe in January, we we'll get to sign some people. The truth is, Arsenal is not just a good team. Yes, they will some some <laughs> tricks. They would you know, they will struggle, they will drag, they will claw. Tomiyashi will do one or two defensive things, he will try, but they are not just a good team. And the truth is, I think that's what I was on a pipe dream. He, he told us that he sleep with uh, 
He used to sleep with tactics in the dark room and he does not He not show the picture of his wife, but he said he used to sleep with tactics. He's a liar. He's not just good enough. See, you can we can do prognosis from now to 20 years' time. If you don't see, you need quality players. You need quality manager to manage those quality players to be consistent the way we want them to be consistent. See, even when Wenger was there, Wenger is a quality manager. I don't think anyone can deny that. But when he went for a long time without having quality reinforcement to the team, he, he kept struggling. They were struggling. Yes, they will get the Champions League ball, chop 5-0 from Bayern, chop this one, chop one. So, it's just, it's just the way it is. That team is not good enough. The, the, I think the problem is now, the problem they are now facing now is that you have a coach who has the talent of uh, Oster Guavon, but the ego of Jose Mourinho. So when you have that kind of thing, it's a bad thing for you. It's a bad thing. No, no, no. This, this yeah, I feel like we are selling. One last statement, please. And um, Obama Yang needs to fire his agent because that deal is signed, that five-year deal. At that point in his career, yes, he might, he might not have gotten that 300k elsewhere. Boy, he had so many options of different places he could have gone that his career at the moment would have taken a different turn. Obamaya was being nominated for Ballon d'Or top 10 in Dortmund. So you now get to a situation whereby you are, it's as if the career has just gone down. He played behind Smith Rowe and boys that are just learning to scratch that seat. How many chances can they really create for you? In the information that Teta is playing like a, a like the furniture makers, <laughs> but I also feel like there's some sort of a pattern with Arsenal in terms of those players because Ozzy did the same thing. Ozzy was playing well, then they started the game 350, and before you know it, Ozzy was basically uh, I know doing but, but, a meeting. So, the reason why, why I cannot agree with you is that there's a Kevin De Bruyne in crazy numbers. And it's still no, I'm not saying the pattern is that. I think I'm saying with Arsenal players. In okay, with Arsenal. Like, so it still goes down to the same thing. So you, you, you know, sports is now way more than what it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. There are different aspects of sport now. There's sports psychology. There's the way you talk to players. There's the way you treat the dressing room. There's a, there's there has to be like a general vibe of how. I think maybe the tutorial that. Guardiola was giving this guy he's not finished the tutorial because Guardiola <laughs> in the team with but I like, and now, now, now Pep now Pep now Pep sell this guy to us no be fair they tell us that I have never seen somebody more tactical and astute as Afeta but that's how Pep is now because when he beat Pep, Pep that will flog on 5-0 and he'll he say, and he say they were, this, this was the best game they've ever played if you watch press conference and before the game Pep talks ah this is I think the best manager in Europe forget anybody with Pep does talk ah I like you know the way they set up the team you know they are energetic they are Kiniko Kiniko 5-0 Lombo Zazu 5-0 Lange yeah but I still think you are selling I think short a bit because since January this year, only must have better have a better winning record in Premier League than the club than Arsenal. And yet, I think they've scored less than 
like ten teams in the league. So I like they're, they're, I, I, again I think they are going one way, going the other. Because tomorrow it looks like okay, Saka and Smithro are finally working together. But and then right by so, next week, like, so, ah, this no, team is no, no, this team no, is not experienced again. No, I think I think one thing is one thing is for sure mm, is the fact that. We expected too much from Ateta. And I guess that is where the actual problem starts from. It's the expectation. So if you look at it based on his level, it's not doing it's not doing as bad as we are making it look like. I guess we've placed we placed Ateta at the level of um, the Marcelotti, the Guardiola, the Murillo. Whereas it's just at that uh it's at that Sean Dice level. Is a good manager. So I we should not. The issue is, it's not like he's doing terribly well. It's not. It's not like he's doing terrible like that. But he's is like he's, he's he's performing at his level. The fact remains that with the disposal, with the player he has as disposal, though there's the argument for he has spent a lot of money. Yes, we understand that part. But for the players he has as disposal, he's doing well enough. He's, he's on fourth at least with two games ahead of every other person or most other teams. Sure you get. But the fact is. We need to lower the expectation with this Arsenal team. Look at the bunch of players he has: Smith Rowe, Saka, Tomiyashi, Chambers, and the likes. I'm just saying, she gets. Now, now, it now begs. In, uh, just trying to piggyback to the old Abumayang saga. The fact is, there is a pattern with the Arsenal, with the um, manage the Arsenal club management system. You will see that why is it that most times their captains are always having issue. Now I, I would I would do a little bit of run back from from Van Persie to Fabregas to even Ateta himself. The moment he was he was made captain of Arsenal, he started going back to the bench. So <laughs> if, if if you've seen billions, you see that there are some organizations that need a shrink to function well. So they need a psychologist to. To actually hype up their this guy's head and make sure everything is working well upstairs. So I, I, I my issue with the old Ateta saga is the fact that he was trying to push Abu under like under the bus. Yes, Abu has disciplinary issue. We know. Yes, but at the same time, I didn't like the way he handled the whole issue. Yes, I he has told them there's rules. I felt like he was doing this for the Amazon Prime camera. Like and there's rules. Fine. So that's just my take on the whole Arsenal issue. I've yeah, even forgotten that they are they are doing an Amazon document for the season. And um, I'm going to, to make a lot of money. But the things that have happened with Arsenal this season is incredible. There are so many things that have happened. Like the stories, uh, they're, they're definitely going to do season two because uh, what I'm making looking at is not, not going to be it's not going to be late. <laughs> and. I feel like the Ateta thing is a power play. Like uh, you're telling the like, player, okay, yes, yeah, so I'm in ties now. But um Bollis, as as you as you as you I think you can tell with given Barcelona and Kuman, if a manager this at this point in even into his tenure, this long, is still looking for power play, does that not tell that he's struggling like, to an extent? It means he does not have the dressing room now. That's just the minute. And it shows that. Yes, because if you cannot arrest the dressing room with uh, Smithro, Saka, and just a couple of um, old-timers, then how are you to really address the dressing room if they have proper professionals in the house? And uh, so, maybe, or maybe, or maybe, 
he needs to clear house anyways. Because I remember a certain Pep Guardiola saying, Ronaldo De Coeto, please leave. I don't want you guys in the team. Because he saw the previous season how those guys in first place were coming late, you know, all those kind of things. And he didn't want to deal with that. And in order to be able to pull down is it the armor or the sword or how they call it and be able to control the you know the dressing room. So if 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 uh what's God, if that's the case, then maybe he, he might find a way to but but the truth is I I I don't think I don't think that I think as um, Bright said, he has he's doing his best. He's a Steve Bruce Shondai kind of manager. We expected too much from him. The team, frankly, is not that good enough. They are trying. Even this top four is like a miracle for them. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. Think about it. <laughs> Martinelli, Saka, Emidro, Tomiyashi. So, the, like, they actually overperforming for their squad. So, so, it's just a case of take what you can get while you hope that, okay, by maybe making Champions League this year or something, they can add more recruitment, you know, you go from there. No, don't don't be too excited. Don't expect much. But I think that's that's that. Yeah, we're not you shouldn't expect most of us, but right now, Arsenal is in top four and bright. Man United are not, despite I think ah. yeah, definitely definitely Farabad let me despite getting um Ralph Ragnarok, mm-hmm. what's his name? It looked like it still hasn't worked because he has changed the system a bit to for to, to, to and I'm sure Bright, you of all people will definitely have it that he's using the good dialogue as right back instead of uh Aroma Biscama or Bisaka closing pick. Now it looks like okay, yes. Like we've said it, we've said it here that the deficiency of Wambisaka is the attack. And now now it looks like okay, wait, the Ogudel, the person one like, okay, yeah, so if you want to attack or you can stress things, you can put bone to the you can put bone to into your box. It's not really working yet, but do you think it might get somewhere with the yeah. Ogudel as right back? Yeah, I feel I feel the present setup might get somewhere, but it's a process. Though at some point, like at least with this guy, I've I've seen a lot of clips about him, I've read a lot of things about him, so the two times I saw him set up his team, I was watching it to learn because man, no lie, when I, you see this Gege pressing, it's a little bit difficult on the tactical side. Sure you get. So I was trying to learn, but the thing is, just the same way I was confused with some parts of the positional play of this Gege pressing. A lot of the players are confused too. A lo- I, I, I know, I know this is weird, but the only person that has played well under this position has been Fred. It's like. You see this giri giri kind of pressing, he understands it. Maybe that's the maybe that was a grew up with in Brazil. So a lot of players have been off position multiple times. I feel like maybe they are not um, into in used to it yet. Because no, they're not used to it yet. For the past two years, they've been vibing, honestly. So, they've been anywhere Belefis today, do this one, tomorrow do that one. So I think he said it in one of his interviews that. His, his players are asking questions and it's even surprised that they, though the guy knows how to handle press, so there's a lot of sweet talking to it that uh, he didn't expect them to to get it this much. But in a game like the game against Norwich, there were some major loophole in the Norwich defence that I was expecting United to, um, to capitalise on, but they were just too uh, pragmatic, like it was just 
like so they were they were now playing like robots, almost like the creative side of their games like has been lost totally. So they just have to play to the book. This is what the boss has said. This is what we must do, and it, it looks kind of boring to me. And I I must be sincere. I am not dread, I'm not looking forward to the Atletico game at all. Because I know it's going to be around about one eighteen minutes. Eh? And um, before we move on, I think you pointed that the honor about nothing quiz and prediction game continued last week, and unfortunately, no one came out on top because I don't think anyone could have foreseen could have foreseen Wolfsburg beating Chelsea four zero with the Women's Champions League and knocking them out. Incredibly, oh, and oh, so oh, that's that's go. definitely that's that's that, that was an incredible result. And also, we should also point out that next week is the honor about nothing quiz for. The panelist itself, not for the, the panelists. Hopefully, Akin can join us for that one too. That, that's something to look forward to. And before we go, before we go, I think Bolish, I think I have to come with you with this because one one Nigeria will do something to disturb you. Because okay, imagine now you are someone is a, a devout Christian, you follow all the rules, then suddenly you now go to a fornication because they say that he could marry that you have done no, no lambert. <laughs> Like, it, is, it does not count anymore. Like those, like it, an, an entire marriage marriage said, okay, all this marriage I've been doing, yes, is it is a lie, invalid. It, it's just a, a very very difficult thing to understand that something as openly occurring, broad, and everyone knew about as that can actually be an illegality, and then authorities did not know, like they did not know that ah. This is this is an illegality. Lack of joy. Someone had to be there. Like it's somehow like you know like you know the, you know the way the way the way I see it. It's just like you are let's say you are living in your sitting room. Then someone now takes a big dump in the middle of your sitting room, and then you are looking at it. If visitor will come, everybody's coming, coming, coming. You are looking at it. Clean it now. You not clean it. Until someone has maybe like ten years later, the thing has already you know. It has already stayed in your sitting room. Someone that came as ah, ah, shake and you know, you know, say, eh, hey, hey, okay, eh, hey, okay, I'm checking you. Ah, but who am I to You don't see. That's the way, that's the way it is. Like, ah, who, who is supposed to check? How come no one check this thing? And the funny part is, it is one of the most, like, um, the most celebratory part of marriages in Nigeria. Like, that's, Post in front of yes, that. Yes, people, people just put the banner and everything. That was like the legality signing that ah, but you marry you. But it's like it's like on the... some days. You'll be on the queue. Like you, you see four or five marriages on some days. And it's like so, the only version of unveiling a new signing. That banner. That, more, yes. more, more of just dumbfounding that something like that could happen. That's just the thing. Just how now? That's the. That's if like, like I saw the news, I was not trying to understand how can something like like you know a person like that to go for that long in the, in the same country, but I guess we are not in the same country. I think, I think <laughs> that's, that's, ultimately, that's as simple as it. you are not in the same country because you are not normal because I got it's the same it's the same place that governor came out and like hey, let's go for peace work. After I sent soldiers to kill everybody, like, <laughs> the, the people did this are not all right. They are not all right. It's not good for peace work, but they should use they should use a uh, catapult and fire his bomb. 
It's a very stupid, very stupid thing. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm afraid that's, that's all we have for today. Wait, so, oh, am I late? Did you talk about the FIA? Yeah, we, we did, did but, but if you want to add, if you want to add something, there's no way. Let me add something. I know I came in late. I know I came in late. But please, I, I need to add something because I, I've been I, the, 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 the anger tripled when I saw the news that Mercedes are no longer following their people. Now I will tell you why my anger tripled when I saw that stuff. It tripled because. The essence of the appeal is not for them to refuse Max championship because Max as a driver did not do anything illegal. Max as a Max as a driver, he did what the race coordinator allowed him to do. That's that's one. And the blame, the blame game is actually between Michael Massey. No, like let's say I'll put let's say 70% or 60% of Michael Massey. Let's say twenty-five to thirty percent on the stewards, you know, the decision makers, and then ten percent on Christian Omar. Now, the reason why I say that is that because Honor said, Honor said, is if you remember ten laps to go, he said, Massey, give us one more lap to go. I feel that statement alone influenced Massey's decision. So, so that is why that's why he gets a small percentage. The reason why he's getting a small percentage is that even though he makes that statement. And most team principals make different statements like that to Michael Massey. It should not actually be enough to persuade Michael Massey to be stupid. Yeah, I feel like they are trying to they are trying to conjure up drama. Like so, <laughs> there are actually better ways. If, if Michael Massey was smart and he was really um what's the word I want to use? He was really he has integrity. There are better ways to conjure up drama. If you are sure that okay. See, any if you see the level of damage of Latifi's car, you should know you should preempt that this car is actually going to spend three laps at least to clean these debris because it was not just a small crash, it was a large crash. Everything was scattered. From experience, you have an idea that this crash is going to take us minimum of 2.5 laps. So you are going to get less than three laps, less than two laps, or max, you are going to have just one lap to race. If you are so interested in racing, the smartest thing at that point to do is that call a red a red a red safety car and say everybody come into the pit, clean it. In all fairness, everybody, um, everybody and whatnot. Oh yeah, let's race for four laps. That would have been the smartest thing to do. But you are saying you want to you want to you want to have a race when you have already manipulated the. Results like there was no way Lewis was going to be overtaken in just one lap and catch him again. If there was still two, three laps to go, I want to still have a feeling that there was a possibility that Lewis could still have come back if there was enough time to actually come back and mount a, a, a challenge. But there was no opportunity, there was no way he was he was completely stripped of that, that opportunity to actually win championship. So the reason why I'm saying this is that it's painful that Mercedes is enjoying the appeal because I know they are enjoying the appeal because they are one of the biggest teams in the sport and, you know, a long court case is going to bring disrepute to the cause. Liberty Media will have gone to go and whisper into their ear that, okay, sorry, we'll give you maybe so-so-so amount of um, our shares or whatever. Let's, 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 um, you know, let's make peace and whatnot. But I would have liked for a case where it was clearly stated that 
in a court document that okay, we are not stripping mass of the max of his championship. Yeah, he won it because he didn't do anything wrong. He just raised. But there was a clear violation of the rules by Michael Massey. Michael Massey needs to step aside. Let us now have a proper outlining. And it's just, it's just, there's not even need for proper outline because the rule is clear that if you are going to allow lab cars, it has to be all the lab cars. You have to make sure all of them they come back. And the, tr- the reason why that is important is people say, ah, but uh, what's it called? But um, um, what's it called? Lando Norris or Science will not have caught uh, Verstappen. But the thing there is that there's a difference when someone is attacking you from the back and when you are just trying to attack someone. Because what happens is that by the time you are lunging into someone and trying to overtake them, and if someone is already is also attacking from the back, who is also on fresh tires, there's a possibility that in the process of that, and there are only two or three turns where you can overlap someone, in the process of trying to wiggle, wiggle and try to, you know, attack that person, you can open the door for someone that's coming at your back to also attack you. Mm-hmm. Me- meaning that you have seen situations like that whereby someone is trying to overtake someone, the person is defending, someone comes from the back and overtakes the two of them. And because of that person that overtakes the two of them, he blocks the path for the person that is trying the, the the second driver that is trying to overtake because someone has already taken over that space. That's you know, you know, that's that very, very limited space to work with. Very narrow, you know, very narrow track. You see again. So so it, it was very painful what happened. It had all all the um all mark of Someone, some sort of racial bias inside their decision making. I'm, I'm absolutely sure. I'm absolutely sure there was racial bias because if it was the that. other way around, they would not have done. It. They would never have done it. Exactly. That's why like when people were saying, eh, "Mess, this way, the one that caused it, that they should have, you know, gone into the lane." I was saying that, except maybe on the twentieth lap, um, prefers um safety car, except maybe that one. But apart from that one, it is clear and is sure that if the Positions were reversed. Verstappen was leading. Safety car was coming at the back, and they needed to race. I am almost sure that they would have allowed the race to finish under a safety car. So it's very painful, but is it sets off an exciting next year? I'm sure definitely, they, are to, definitely. They, are, they are going to die in horror because they're in pains mm. now. A, a sport that is meant for rich white boys, a black man has been dominating <laughs> for 10 to 15 years. No, like you don't understand. About about sixty percent of the guys on the grid are sons of millionaires and billionaires. He's yes, not he's a, a middle class. Not like it's for rich white boys. It's not for anybody. They now have a black man from a poor family dominating them for the last fifteen years. Yeah, they, 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 you know, Eccleston said something like, uh, "It would have been better for Amitri to retire than for him to break Schumacher's record." You know, those kind of statements. And even the one of the stewards, you know, the, the people are going to find these tweets that this guy was saying, uh, Verstappen is the great white oak. Someone that is clearly biased and racist like, racist like that is deciding the final race of city. You will know that everything, everything that has been put in place, they, they, they wanted to make sure that they did everything. See, I won't be sure, I won't be shocked if Latifi had some money in his garage when he got to <laughs> was pointless useless and of no consequence it was 
last and second to the last. So as a very, it's, it's, very weird, very weird incident. But the only thing is set up next year. All of us, we all know that Hamilton won this championship. It's the same way they, they robbed him in 2007. You know, they, so that, they, was they, even, they, that one was even they should have carried gun into the track. They just carried gun into the track. Okay, let us like, say it. Say it. It's the same way they robbed him. It's the same way you know. The same way he has continued to pepper them and you know suffer them. I'm happy that you know Lewis is there. I, I I hope you know he's mentally able to continue because it's difficult to muster the energy to still to still continue after expressing this kind of robbery because he is very. We don't know the kind of psychological. Strain, strain to have on him after you know going behind and then fighting all the way to come back and then on the verge of winning it, then you just take it away from him. You just be, you just be mentally draining on him. So, I'm wishing him, I hope you know, he gets gathers his strength. We need him to come back, you know, win two, three more. Let them die in their sadness and their wickedness. <laughs> the black man is already the greatest Formula One driver of all time. But we have all the records that they can think of one in their life. Ball. And, and they will die in their racism and envy. So that, that's my submission. I'm sorry I was traveling for too long. I think, I, think, I think that's all we have for today. So thank you guys for coming in. In the office of our moderator, I think we held on the fort very well. So thank you, Bright. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you, yeah, just yeah, and Bollies, thank you so much for joining joining us tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, cheers, yeah, everyone. Cheers, guys.